on today? It's good to be in church, isn't it? Looking pretty, ready for Christmas? Glory to God. Let me encourage you guys, if you haven't uh, prayed about or checked your heart about uh, um, sowing into these kids' lives, we still have several that, uh, several, you know, we don't just say come give us stuff and then we'll decide who to give it to. We have already decided. So there are kids that uh, at the information counter, not kids, but well, we don't stand the kids up there. <laughs> but there are children that we would uh, that that we believe would be a blessing, you know, if uh, we sowed into their lives. And if God's putting that on your heart to sow into one of them, you know, if you can sow toys, you can sow clothes. Uh, they've they've got it separated where it'd be a blessing to you to do it, amen. Not just a blessing to the person that you do it to do it for. And so let me encourage you to check your heart on that because we still have opportunities. How many know that everything we have uh, project-wise, even in the general fund, that's an opportunity to give. We're not asking anybody to give. Brother Moore's been very specific about that from day one. Giving is an honor. Giving is a privilege. Giving is not something. God can get this church along just fine if nobody ever gave. Right? Right? But that would be bad for us, wouldn't it? Because He lets us do these things. He lets us be involved in everything that He's doing in the earth today. And that's a good thing. Amen? It's a good thing to be involved in the things of God. Glory to God. And that is my public service announcement for today. <laughs> so are you guys ready to get into the Word today? Well, let's pray before we do. i got no stains on my shirt, so we're good to go. Good to go. I thought about some props, but didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> so let's pray and have the, have the Lord lead the service. Father, we just do thank you. We thank you that it's your word that we're asking to go forth today, that it's your will, your way. Lord, that there's one truth and it's your truth. And we pray for utterance, we pray for revelation, and we ask for anointing, that everything that comes forth today would be your truth not ideas not my words but your words and lord that we open our hearts right now in purpose by faith to receive it to hear it the way you're saying it in no other way we we bind up a spirit of offense or or that would cause us to hear anything wrong lord we we purpose to hear in the love that you've given us and lord as you give us your word and as you teach us and train us we purpose also to go forth from this place and preach and teach the kingdom of God by word or by example. And we thank you for every good thing that will happen this day and through this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Word or example. You know, I was talking to, uh, actually Rick said something this morning that reminded me how much more I used to talk than I talk now, and I still talk a lot. And I could just know that God was standing behind me saying, boy, I hope he shuts up soon. Because I'm sure that I talked way above him many times. And that's not what we want today. We want to say just what God wants to say. Amen? Let's open up our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. The title of my message today is Cross Training. <laughs> and as you can see, I probably don't do cross training. <laughs> so we are going to talk about cross training <laughs> right what are you guys laughing for because i have trained 
in years past, many, many years past. And uh, training is a good thing, right? Training to do the right things. But you know, a lot of people forget that you must be trained in the things of God. And there are things that He trains us to do through His Word. But He says, even right here, let's look at this in the NIV. uh, 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. NIV, it says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. You know, what He's really saying is, you don't have anything to do with thing that what people think is right. You don't, don't, don't have anything to do with, with a myth about God. You know, because there's people out there that believe things about God that they've made up by their experience. You know, actually, I should say everybody at some point in their life has made up something they believe about God by their experience rather than the truth of His Word. And, and, and Paul's telling Timothy right here, have nothing to do with those kind of things. Don't have anything to do with, well, I saw this happen in church one time, so this must be the way God moves. You know what? People have done all kinds of goofy things in church that ain't God. Amen? <laughs> it's true. You know, you, you see people th- do things, and, it, and, and they get all excited, and they get in their flesh, and man... They may run circles around three times, and then they may do it for the next 20 services because one time it was God, and then they were trying to make it God the next 20 times. But it wasn't God. Amen? And, 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 and there's people that will teach things according to their, their place in life. You know, I'm going through this right now, and I've got this scripture to back why I should be going through it. You know, the only scripture you need to know is God's good. Amen? And you need to learn about it. We need to train ourselves first and foremost that God is good. Because if you'll train yourself that God's good and in His goodness, you know, I like, I like that verse in, the, in Blessed Assurance that we sang that, that we're filled with His goodness and we're lost in His love. What a great place to be lost. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I don't even want to try and be found in there. No. <laughs> and just leave me right there. Right? Because that's a good place to be because in His love we can see all things right. We can do all things good. Right? In His goodness, filled with His goodness and lost in His love, we're able to see the kingdom of God. We're able to see how God would do things. How God would see things. And He doesn't see things through godless myths and, and old wives' tales. And He says, rather, train yourself. You notice He doesn't say, be trained. Right? You know why? Because he wants people that are committed. Right? People, people that want somebody else to train them, they're not committed. They want you to do the work to get them somewhere else. Right? Now, he will put trainers in your path, but you still have to do the training. Right? See, I wanted that to work out for me in physical training. See, I'm still waiting on a pill. Yeah. I'm still waiting for somebody to come up with something where I don't have to exercise whatsoever, but yet I can be in great shape every day of my life. You know why? Because I'm lazy. (laughs) No, I'm not completely lazy. I've actually got lots going on, and it's not really in my time schedule. But you know what? Important things can be put in your time schedule. Amen? And I don't... You know, there was a time where I trained hard because I did things that required the training. But you ever notice as you get older and the training's not required, it becomes very unimportant, right? 
Like I've got this room downstairs that's got all these weights and stuff in it. And I go there, man, every month. And, you know, two times a month I get after it. And then something else happens. See, we can't do that with God, though. And see, that's how so many Christians are today. They're doing that very same thing with God. They're training twice a month and expecting to be in a godly condition to hear their brother's problem. You know, not, not to get out of your problem. See, too many people, that, that, that's the problem. When we look at training, we look at it to build yourself up. Why are you building yourself up? If you don't have more purpose than yourself, you'll never train very hard. You'll never train very hard. Because training in the Word of God is so that you can help others. It's so that you can pull others out, so that you can train others. Amen? Training yourself to be godly is training yourself to be lovely. Right? God is love. So if you're training yourself in godliness, you're training yourself in loveliness. In other words, when somebody comes up to you and tells you what's going on in their life, you hear them the way God hears them. Right? And better yet, you answer what God would answer. Glory to God. Wouldn't that be neat if every time somebody came up to you and and needed something from God, you had a God-like answer? Instead of a Dave-like answer. Hmm? Or whatever like you are answer. Right? Because guess what? We all have opinions. Right? We think we know what somebody should do every time they tell us their problem. But guess what? We don't. Right? Unless God gives you the answer, you don't have the right answer. Amen? You know, and and too many times people think, well, I'm pretty wise in this situation. I've been through it. You haven't been through it as them. You don't know their heart. You don't, it's not the same. Amen? I'm not saying you can't minister to them, but minister to them from a God level, not a you level. Because if you'll minister out of the love that you've trained yourself to minister, because you've trained yourself to be godly, then you'll minister at a level that no other person's talking. Then that person will say, wow, nobody said that to me. Nobody's given me that answer. I've asked a hundred people to help me. You're the first one that's given me that answer. That's, see, that's what was amazing about Jesus. That's why people were in awe of him all the time. He never gave anything but a God answer. No matter what was going on, it, it, when, when he was in that, you know, I know I talk about, a lot about the lady caught in adultery, but, you know, whenever everybody was standing around, they had the answer. They had what they thought was God's answer. Right? But they hadn't asked God. They'd only looked at what they were trained in. Right? And they were trained in the law. And so they looked at what they were trained in, and God told them what, or Jesus stepped up and told them what he was trained in. He was trained in love. He was trained in forgiveness. He was trained in gentleness. He was trained in kindness. Jesus was different than everyone else. And and that's what he's saying. This is the kind of training we should have. And he says to train yourself to be godly. It's a good thing, isn't it? Glory to God. Because guess what? You know, when I was working out, 
When I did work out all the time, you know, I'd see these pictures of bodybuilders and, them, and, and you know, I'd have this image in my mind, but then when I saw the work that it took to get there, no. <laughs> no. And, you know, we got Christians all the time that they start off, man, they're strong, and they're running towards the finish line, and, man, they, they got it going on, and then they figure out it's further than they thought. I remember I started jogging a couple of years ago again. I said, well, I'm just going to jog a mile. Man, I didn't remember a mile being that far. <laughs> Man, that was the longest. For, in fact, is I shortened it. I said, oh, this is a mile today. <laughs> today, now next week, maybe that'll be a mile. But we're running a Dave mile today. <laughs> because, because I got started, man, I had, I had everything but my heart in it. Huh? Godly training takes your heart. It's not your head, right? Because your head won't get you where he wants you to go. And he can't train your head to love. He can't train your mind. You have to train your mind with the love. Amen? You have to take what he's put in you and train your mind. Right? <laughs> Here, let me make it make sense. Somebody comes up to you and they say something that totally offends you. Now you've got a choice right then and there to answer out of your head your thought, your opinion, your idea. Um, you can give them, what, what, what do we always say, I'll give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> and you probably had very little to give up in the first place. Uh -huh. Or because we're a Christian, because we have the love of God in us, we can stop for just a second for just a second, we can stop and let that love take over. And we can give an answer that they never expected, which will change their life. Not only did it change, they probably didn't mean to offend you in the first place. That's just what they are. That's, that's who, where they're at right now. Do you, realize, do you realize most people aren't trying to... I, I, I had somebody come up to me after years and they said, you know, you offended me. This, and I'm like, wow, I haven't been dealing with this at all. And you have. You know what? I didn't know I offended them. Now, I would not have wanted to, but they went years with that offense instead of just coming to me and saying, you know, that really offended me because I would have asked forgiveness even if I thought it shouldn't offend them. Why? Because it hurts them to be offended. We need to train ourselves to think about the person we're talking to, about the people we're dealing with. Our godly training isn't so we can walk around and tell people how godly we are. Right? You know, that's why it don't matter what row you sit on at church. It don't matter if you're in the choir. It don't matter how many times you've been to the cleaning crew or how many times you've read your chapter. None of that matters if you're not really godly. Right? Godly actions don't make you make you godly. Godliest godliness makes your actions godly. Does that make sense? If you'll become godly first, your actions will be godly. Don't try to do enough godly actions to make yourself godly. Right? That's not the way it works. Amen. Glory to God. I like this so far. Oh, oh I really like the next verse. Verse eight. For physical training, <laughs> some value. 
some. It has some value. If you want to physically train, yes, you have Scripture to do so. Amen. <laughs> you have Scripture. To, you know, cross train. Has anybody, does anybody in here cross train? Wow. Got a room full of really smart people. No. <laughs> no. If you've ever seen cross training, it's crazy hard, okay? You see people doing things you ought not do. And they can do them. You know, and you're like, wow, that's impressive. But you know how much effort they had to put in at the start to get where they are now? And do you realize that they're never going to be able to stop doing what training to do what they do if they, cont- if they want to continue in it? Right? See, we need to have that same mind in us. If Once you start training in the gospel, there's not a day where you say, well, I won't need to be trained today. I've, I, I trained in that. Every day you go without training, you're getting weaker in godliness. Right? And, and not just how you look, your ability to react godly. How important is our ability to react like God? To react like love? That is the most important thing we could ever get a hold of. Amen? It's not okay to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm crabby and I'm going to be crabby today. You know, people say, I've had people say, that's just the way I am. I'm a crabby person. No, you're not. You're choosing to be crabby all the time. Because you could choose not to at any moment and stop. And, and if you're waiting on a circumstance to change that, it's not happening. Because even if you had a temporary moment of uncrabbiness, right? <laughs> then you'll have another moment of crabbiness come along right behind it to bring you right back into your crabbiness. Right? It's not okay to be bitter and crabby and strifeful. It's not okay. There's nothing godly about it. Right? People say, well, when you're, when you're correcting somebody, sometimes you've got to be mean. No! You can be straight. You don't got to be mean. God has never been mean. People say, I've read scriptures what it looked like it means. Read them again because you're reading them wrong. Love ain't mean. Love will direct you the right way, right time. It'll stop you from running off a cliff if it has to grab you by your throat and pull you back. But was that mean? Well, he grabbed me off my throat. Just because I was going to fall off a cliff, I don't want him grabbing me around my throat. You were going to die. We're not seeing it right. Seeing the things of God correctly will, will bring us to a place where we answer out of that same seeing. Amen? Because we saw Him do it. Why? He's training us with what He did. That, how, you, wanna, you don't know how to, how to be trained in God-likeness? Look at God. You know, people say, well, I'm going to read the Old Testament and then I'm going to go all the way through the New Testament. No, read the New Testament first so you can get a full image of God and then go back and you'll see God how He truly was in the Old Testament. It's all good, but you need to see it right first. Amen? You need to see Jesus. You know what Jesus is? Express image of God. And what did He do? His whole time He was here on earth, He did this one thing. He went around doing good. And healing all those that are oppressed of the devil. Right? He wasn't mean to anybody. People say, well, he called them whitewashed walls and, and uh, sepulchers or bodies without... I don't know what he... He called them all kinds of... Snakes. 
You know, he said, is that not mean? No, because he was letting them know how they were right now. He wasn't calling them a name. He was actually saying, this is what you're like. And you don't want to be that way. Yeah. Amen? There's a better way. You ever notice he always taught after he said it? He never, he never just stopped and said, you're just a snake. You're going to be a snake. So always going to be a snake. You're snaky. <laughs> snaky guy. Going to be snaky. Probably from a snaky family. Can't do anything with you. <laughs> no. He gave him a teaching. He gave him something that could train him to be something else. Amen? When we train... Phys- well, I never did read the rest of this verse because I was so happy about the first of it. <laughs> Physical training. Just for, always remember this first part because it's of some value. Some. It's of good value. It'll help keep you here longer than you were going to be. Amen? Sometimes. Right? Physical training is a good thing. Don't, don't, don't take me wrong. I'm being funny, but physical training is not bad. I don't like it. <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And if God's dealing with you to do it, there's a reason. Amen? And there's a reason He put it in here that, it's a, that, it's a, that it has some value. He didn't put it, God didn't put anything in the Bible by accident. Remember one of the Scriptures we're going to read that says all Scripture is God-breathed? Right? That was too. Right? So if, it, if God says it has some value, it has some, this has some value. So I'll jog more than a Dave mile soon. <laughs> Physical training is of some value, but godliness, what's he saying? Training to be like God. Godly training. Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. God, godliness, training to be godlike, has value in every moment of your life. Training to be, to, you know what? All the training you can do here on the earth physically at the end of your life will mean nothing. All the godly training that you do at the end of your life, your works will follow you. Amen? When you get to heaven, all that still follows you. Everything that you do in this earth, that, it, that it's of your godly training. Every time you answered nice when somebody snapped at you, every time you went to somebody knowing they were hurting and helped them. Amen? Amen. Not just went to them without anything. You went, with, you went to them with godly training. Amen? Like say, say somebody came up to you and you were having some medical problems and you're on the floor and somebody comes up to you and, and you say, hey, you got some training in this? And they go, no. And you go, oh. And they're getting ready to work on you. You want them working on you? Well, if a Christian comes up to you and has no training in love, you don't want them working on you. Don't listen to what they're saying. Why? It's a, God, it's, it's a godless myth and a wives' tale. If you have not love, you can't say the right thing. If you're not trained in the ways of love, you won't say the right thing. You'll say the first thing that comes to your mind, how do I know? <laughs> Right? I used to have people tell me things all the time and I'd just blurt something out. No, no telling how many lives I could have messed up if they listened to me. Right? What if somebody trusted you and listened to you? Because you're supposed to be godly. You're supposed to be. They, they, they trusted you. Hey, he goes to church. He, he goes to Faith Life Church. He knows the ways of faith. I'm going to ask him. But if you're not operating in the knowledge through, that, through love, you're not going to give them the right answer. 
and you'll lead them astray. You, you realize that, right? Being a leader shouldn't be, everybody's, shouldn't be everybody's goal. Being somebody worthy to be followed should be your goal. Amen? Jesus, Jesus said, follow me. That's what he, everybody he went to, he said, follow me. He, he didn't say, let me lead you. Did he? He said, follow me. And even when he said, he said, learn of me, he said, learn of me. Why? Because I'm meek and I'm I'm humble, right? Learn of me, but follow me. The person, the best leaders in the world are the ones that are worthy to be followed. Amen? Jesus is worthy to be followed. His teaching, that's why I always tell people, read the four Gospels. Look at what Jesus did. Look at who he was. Look at how he is and then follow him. And see God in the Old Testament through what Jesus did in the New Testament. Because He was and is the express image of God. And He did nothing bad, ever. You want to train yourself in godliness, you first must know God. If you do not know what God's like, you will train yourself backwards. You will be weak where you should be strong. You'll be strong where you should be weak. And you'll say things all the time that you should never say. Right? And you'll go around acting. Well, that's why he said knowledge puffs up. Right? Love builds up. It's not how much you know. You know, people say, I'm training. i got to get in the Word every day so I can know more Word. It's not the words you know. It's the words you know with love. Because you can't get it out of your mouth without love if it's going to be effective to the hearer. Amen? Doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. I don't want to just have knowledge. I want to have knowledge with godliness. I want to be trained in godliness so that when I get the knowledge, I know what to do with it. Amen? You've got to get the training first, then the tools. Amen? You train. You get your heart right. You know, it says in Second Peter that you could train your heart to be the wrong way. Second Peter, it says, their hearts were trained in covetousness. Right? That means we're gonna, it, you're going to have to train. And it ain't, you, you don't just train by coming to church. It's a good start. It's a training ground. It's a, it's, it's the, it's a spiritual gym. We're in the spiritual gym right now. Amen? But you know what? You've got to train all the time. Sometimes training will just be watching a situation and saying, okay, God, show me how you see that. Stop long enough to say, okay, God, show me what's really going on there. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus knew with the lady at the well, with with all the people, he knew what they were thinking because why? He knew what was really going on in people's lives. We judge by what we know. You know, say, they say, well, we're having this problem. and say, well, I had that problem. I know exactly what you're going through. You know, you don't necessarily. You do know how to minister to them, but you don't know what they're going through because you don't know how they felt before it happened. You don't know how they're going to feel if, if this happens, right? We can't just go because we want to ask God. Just, hey, God, what's going on here? What can I do to fix this, right? It, it, okay, how many people got more than one kid? Do you have to raise them each? Do you, does each thing that you do work with all three of your kids if you have three? No. Why? Because they're all three wired up differently. Amen? 
I remember when we were kids, you know, my older brother, man, he, he bucked the system. He did. He, he didn't want to come home on time. I don't know if he's here today or not, but if he is, I'm talking about you, man. <laughs> he bucked the system in him. They were nose to nose all the time. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but it ain't going to be that. So I never did that. You know, and people would think, well, he's such a good kid. No, I got it around it other ways because I could see that way it didn't work. Because <laughs> right? they weren't going to change what they did or what they believed just because he, he bucked the system. But they weren't going to change it for me either. Curfew still curfew. Right? But mom had to get to me a different way because I was not bucking the system the way that he was. And she said that one time. She said, I had four kids and I raised them all four differently to get to the exact same place. You know how that place was? Saved. That was her, that was her girl. Saved. And, you know, and, that, and that's, a, that's a good part to bring up because in, in Proverbs it says, train up a child in the way that they should go. You know, you got you got people who want who want to tell their kids what they're supposed to be. You know, God told me that this is what you're going to do, and you do it. You know, my mom never did that yet. From from when I was from an early age, we found a prophecy or uh, something where God told her, and she wrote it down that I would I would preach the word. Back in the 70s, God told her that. She never told me that, ever nurtured that gift all my life. Was she training me? Yeah. I didn't even know it. She was nurturing that gift every day of my life. Never told me what she thought I should be. Ever. Glory to God. Did you know that nurturing is is another word for training and chastising? Nurturing. That's why you train your kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You don't have to tell your kids what they're supposed to be. You don't know what they're supposed to be unless God told you. And unless God told you to tell them, all you're going to do is put pressure on them. They're going to, be, they're going to spend all their life trying to be what you told them they were going to be when if, if you just nurture that gift, they'd get there all by themselves. Amen? And it's hard to just nurture that gift because sometimes it looks like that gift ain't happening. And your part of nurturing is now praying. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. You know, sometimes it takes time. And sometimes God takes that kind of time with us. It doesn't look like you're going to make it, but you know, God never sits back and says, well, I guess my plan will change. doesn't look like Dave's going to make this one. plan never changed. Amen? And, and as far as I know, had I still not been doing what God... My mom still would have been believing for me to do what God said I was going to do without telling me. There would have never been a day in her life where she went to me and said, Dave, God told me you were supposed to do this and you need to get on the stick and do it. You know why? Because you're talking to a flesh person that's now going to get rebellious. Right? Because they don't want to do that in the first place. If they'd have wanted to do that, they'd have been training to do that all their life. Right? Amen. How many know when your kids are young, they're really pliable and easy to talk to? When they're older, you've got to spend some more time with them. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes you've got to sit in their bedroom on their bed for hours letting them talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you let them talk, and, and what you do is you let them talk about the Word long enough that they correct themselves. It works. I've done it both ways. Me trying to correct or the Word correcting them. It works. Why? Because what was I doing? I was thinking, I was, I was sitting there saying, okay, God, I know everything I'm getting ready to say is not going to help this situation. I'm mad. I don't like what she did. I don't like how she's acting. She's acting really disrespectful right now. She's, act, she's acting like she don't care about me. She's acting like she don't care about anything else. And what do I need to do? And he says, go get quiet. Just sit with her. What am I doing? I'm training her. Why? By example. By example. Someday I hope she'll do that for her kid. It's really important. It really is. I didn't say anything for hours. Now, there was a time once where I, I hugged her when she didn't want to be hugged for a long time. <laughs> My mom always said, just because you don't want to be hugged don't mean you don't need to be hugged. <laughs> Sometimes that's, but that was all I did too. Amen? Godly training. But, but you know what? Parents need to be trained godly in godliness before they can train their children godly. Because the world has already told them how they think it's supposed to be. You ground them if they do this. You spank them if they do that. Take this away if they do that. And do you know? And they've got a whole list of rules of how you're supposed to react to your kids. But they don't have your kids. Don't read a book. Go to God. Do you know that when you mess up and God wants to train you, He doesn't go to a book. So, you know, I need the doctor, the good doctor, to tell me how to get this kid out of this situation because I've raised him up to preach and he's not doing it. So, obviously, I need help. You don't need help. You need the Holy Ghost because the very thing that he tells you to do for that kid, he's not going to tell you to do for the next. Nurture the gifts that are in your children. If you know somebody that's your friend, that, that you know is called to something else, nurture their gifts. Don't tell them what they're supposed to do all the time. Do you realize people don't like to be told what to do all the time? Right? I'm not saying it's right, but they don't. Do you like it? Somebody tells you what to do? You know, before I came here, I worked for myself. So nobody told me what to do. <laughs> for years. Nobody told me what to do except work told me, you know, it was kind of given what I needed to do. But nobody told me what to do. And when I started coming here, I was being told what to do. Man, that was like rubbing my face on a cheese grater every day. <laughs> that, that was the worst. But did my training and what I used to do train me to do this? No. I had to be willing to submit to what they're, they're, they're saying because they know more about this than I do. And I have to trust that they're doing this to get me to another level to help others because their heart is to help others. Amen? And when we submit to God and, and it doesn't seem like it's easy... You know, I had somebody say the other day, they said, well, I'm going to quit this because it's just too hard. Every day there's a problem. Every day something's going wrong. And I said, well, I'm glad Paul didn't feel that way. 
we'd have no New Testament whatsoever. If, he, if he'd have judged what he did that day by how hard it was going to be. Right? <laughs> he'd be, I don't want to get out of bed tomorrow. It's going to be Monday, and then Tuesday's going to be Monday too. <laughs> First of all, you need to quit cursing Monday. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, you know that in that verse, he didn't exclude Monday. We'll start singing it. This is the day except Monday. This is the day except Monday. I can tell you right now, he created Monday too. And you can be just as godlike on Monday as you can on Friday and on Sunday afternoon right after you walk out the door if you train yourself in godliness. Amen? But we've got to be willing to see things His way. Unwilling to just answer out of our own head. Amen? That's training. How many know it takes training not to give your answer? Right? Because you like to be heard. Right? For your many words and knowledge. Right? Well, i got something to say, yeah, but would it help? I have lots of things to say. You know, that's why I always pray before I start that we don't hear from Dave. Dave is really opinionated. I'm telling you, you could tell me something and I could come up with my opinion just like that. And it'd be wrong. Right? Because it wouldn't be God. I wouldn't even ask God. I'd just think what I thought. I don't want to think what I thought. I want to think what He thinks. Right? And you've got to retrain yourself to do that because in the natural, you're not trained to do that. In the natural, you are trained to react like you to every situation. Amen? But in God, we can be retrained and trained to do it right. Amen? Did I say go to any verses? Well, go to 1 Corinthians then. 9. The Lord's helping us. Amen? I, I, you know, the more I look at things, I see how, how important it is for us to get to a place in God that all we think about is others. That we spend no time thinking about ourselves whatsoever. Because if you read the Bible, you, you can't see where He gave you any selfish gifts. Right? He doesn't, there's nothing in love that's, that's for you. It's all in you for others. And, and when He trains us, He's training us to be something. He's just not training us to act like something. He's training you to where you get to a point. It says, it says, Jesus even said, He said, the person that is perfectly trained will be like His Master. Be like His Master. Not act like His Master. He'll be, become just like Him. Amen? And that's what you want to do. You want to become like Jesus. Amen? And then when the things of life come at you, you don't even think about them. You, you have a godly answer to, and a godly solution to every problem, and you're not doing it to be more spiritual. You're doing it because you love them. Your reactions and your actions are all br- brought forth from and out of the love of God, and, and you answer correctly all the time. Jesus never gave an incorrect answer. Amen? Ever. There wasn't one day of his life that he told somebody something wrong. Even when they didn't like it. (laughs) That's what he's talking about in Hebrews where he says, Don't faint at the chastisement of the Lord. Why? Because he's going to chastise. He's going to tell you things 
that you don't want, that you don't like, that you don't want to hear. And you're going to have to go a different direction than you thought. Amen? And in doing so, you'll, you will act like Him. And you'll say things like Him because now you'll be where He would want you to be in a place where you can answer correctly. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Where did I say? 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Stay, stay with the NIV. It says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run? That's what runners do. They run. But only one gets the prize. And then he tells us how to run. He says, So run in such a way to get the prize. What's he saying? In, in a race everybody's going to go. They're going to take off and they're going to start the race. The one that wins is the one that puts his heart into it. He's the one that's running to win. Amen? Yeah. And he says, so train in such a way to win. Run in such a way to win. And he even talks about training right after. He said, everyone that competes in the games goes into strict training. You realize that training in the gospel must be a strict training. We've got this, and, and, and I, I was the worst. So I'm talking about me. But we have this loosey-goosey idea of everything's just okay. And if we don't read the Bible today or we don't get in the Scriptures today or we don't pray today, you know, God's he, He's all good with that. He'll forgive us. We're under grace, not under the law. It's not about being under grace, not under the law. It's about wanting to be with Him. It's about wanting to pray. It's about wanting to be in the Word. It's about the desire of your heart. What are you trying to train? Not your head, your heart. And when you don't, when you don't make your flesh, when you don't beat your body like Paul said, right? He said, he said we go into strict training they do it to get a. They're, they're tra- you get, have you guys ever seen people that really train? I got a friend that's a bodybuilder. He's 50. Gosh, I don't know how old he is now. 56. 50, yeah, he's mid 50. Still looks like a bodybuilder. Still trains like a bodybuilder. Huh? He got, he's in strict training all the time. He's, no, he's not in competition and he's still in strict training. But it takes that kind of training to hold up to the standard he wants to be at. Well, they're doing it to get a crown that won't last. What's he saying? Let me give you some motivation. You're doing it that, for a crown that is incorruptible. The training I'm asking you to go into is a training that, that will get you a crown that will last forever. Everything we do for the kingdom of God and for other peoples concerning the kingdom of God is eternal, and the value of it is eternal. You didn't just save somebody's life today. You saved their life forever because you chose to train in the things of God rather than to walk in your flesh. Amen? Glory to God. He said they, get it, they do it to get a crown that won't last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. And Paul, Paul said this. Man, if Paul says it. I mean, this is a man that went through some stuff. You, you know, and I guarantee you, if you talk to Paul, he wouldn't even, even when he started talking about all the stuff he went through, he, only, he said, I'm only doing this for you because I don't want to talk about it. Right? That's what he said. I'm talking out of my flesh. He said, I don't want to talk about everything I've been through. Because he, didn't want, he, 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 was, he was counting that nothing. Why? Because what he went through was not nearly as much as what he gained. Amen? 
at the end, when you win the prize, how many think, yeah, but, man, I'm thinking about all that training I had to go through. You don't think about that until the next race. Because <laughs> when you think, oh, am I going to have to do that again? I was thinking spaghetti for dinner, tacos for lunch, biscuits and gravy for breakfast. This training thing's not for me. <laughs> That's actually how I think. So, so I'm trying to retrain myself. <laughs> every, every time I think about the training, I'm like, mmm, sausage gravy. Can't they make some of that in my training schedule, huh? What about a greasy cheeseburger? Where's that in the schedule? And see, that's how we think in the spirit. We want the easy way out. We want the loosey-goosey God. And you know what? God says you're going to have to go into strict training. He's not saying that to be mean. He knows your flesh. And He knows if you're not trained to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to be the right place, you won't be. You will talk yourself out of it. Anybody ever talk themselves out of doing what God wanted to do? Huh? Man, I, I have to watch myself every day. <laughs> yeah, he'll say, he'll say, you know, I know you don't need to go to the hospital and visit that person, but I'd like you to. You're like, God, I go to the hospital like three times a week. And, uh, could I not? And then you think, well, you know, it probably wasn't God because he wouldn't. What's that? Is that your flesh? <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there having, anytime you find yourself having a conversation God's not involved in, you know who you're talking to? You! You're talking to you! It's the same thing you do while you're sitting and watching the football game while your weights are downstairs in the room with the TV where you could watch the football game. And you get on the bench and you're about, you're, you're about to do a set and you look, oh, wait a second, it's fourth down, fourth and two. You know, this game's getting pretty good. I better go upstairs and watch it on the bigger screen. You can talk yourself out of working out just like that. And it's just that easy. And that's why the devil wants the things of God to be, oh, you know, God won't care. He's okay. It's all good. It's not all good. He's not okay. Why? Because he needs you here. He wants you at a different spot. He wants you built up and ready. Right. Ready. To go wherever you're supposed to go in whatever job you're supposed to be in. People say, oh, i got to work for a godly place. No, you don't. You're trained to go into ungodly places. Why? Because you're godly. <laughs> it ain't going to do any good for you to be godly around all the godly people. That's ungodly. <laughs> Who'd Jesus go to? The ungodly. Me and you said, I want to hang out with Dave. You're like, what? Jesus wants to hang out with Dave? Yeah. Died for you. Wow. Wow. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Where were we? They do it to get a crown. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. In other words, I don't do it without a goal. In other words, to train yourself in the Word of God, in the things of God, you're going to have to have a goal. You know, a lot of people, they just start training. Have a goal. What? To be like Jesus. Have a goal to help others. Right? Most people's goal when they begin reading the Word of God is to help themselves. Wow. Got really quiet. Go over here. See if anybody likes that at all. My goal when I got back into the Word of God was to help me. I was a mess. 
And I needed something to help me. Right? Problem is, I, I dabbled around the edge too long, and I fell in. Thank God for those people who are trying to help themselves. If they'll dabble around the edge long enough, they'll fall in. And they'll figure out there's a love greater than what, they, what they're looking at. Amen? And I thank God for that day that I figured out there was more, than the, more to the love than just me. That God wanted to use me. Not just fix me. He wanted to fix me to use me. Amen? And you know what? I couldn't get fixed until I realized He wanted to use me. You know, a lot of people want to get fixed so they can go and do their own thing. God's like, that's how you got broke. Why would I fix you? <laughs> Amen. How many know? The way you got broke was doing your own thing. And then if you want to be fixed so that you can go do more of your own thing, then he's just going to say, well, you're just going to be broke again. And I literally was broke because I'd done my own thing. And when I realized that he wanted to fix me, to do his things. And I began to see people the way he saw people. And I began to desire to do things that, you know, that changes your life. Why? Because it changes who you are. It doesn't just change what you do. It changes who you are. And that's what, his, that's what godly training does. It changes who you are. Amen? It, he doesn't want us spending all our time on us. He wants us spending our time on others, not just at Christmas. Amen? How many know that the biggest time to give to the food banks is not Christmas? They're full on Christmas. Man, we used to help, we used to have, a, we used to help a young kids that were out of their homes. And, you know, we actually, I brought them home and Kim said, would you quit bringing them home? <laughs> not because she didn't love them. We had too many. You know, one Christmas we had more kids, more of somebody else's kids than our. Well, we only had one, but we had a lot of kids. <laughs> Don't worry, our kids still had more than everybody else, and still does today. But these girls, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's thank you. She she was. Mm, thank God for a good helper. Yeah. But, you know, we, at Christmas time, these girls, they were in a shelter, and some of the kids were in foster homes and things like that, children's home. And, and uh, people would buy them things like crazy. Church after church after church would have Christmas for them. And by the end of Christmas season, these kids had so much stuff that the kids that really needed some stuff never got it. Why? Because people weren't asking God what to do. They were being led by what you do, and a godless myth and a wives' tale that these kids don't get enough. They don't have. They get plenty. Go love them. That's what I want. I didn't want to give them another Christmas. I wanted to bring them into my house and give them some love. Show them that there's a different way. That when they grow up, they don't got to follow the same pattern that their house followed. Amen. That's what I wanted them to see. Don't get me wrong, we bought them gifts, but man, after I saw everything they got, I'm like, I can't fit everything you have in your room right now. But I think I could fit some more love in your heart. Yes. Glory to God. And if, I, and if I put too much in there, it'll just overflow onto someone else anyway. Amen? 
Glory to God. Don't even know how we got there, but that was really good. He says, I beat my body and I make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. Paul beat his body because not only did he love the people, but he loved the Lord that the people loved. And he was not only... He was, Paul, this is the perfect heart. I'm unwilling to lose you and I'm unwilling to lose God. Amen. That's the perfect heart right there. That's what a heart of love is. I love God, and because I love God, I love you, and I'm unwilling to lose either one of you. Amen? That's a good heart. And that's how we should be. We should be unwilling when somebody says... Well, you know, recently I had somebody come to me, and they weren't leaving the church. They were leaving a different situation. And, and they said, I'm, I'm leaving this. And, and, and in my heart, I knew it was wrong. And... And I, and I said, well, I'll let me pray about it. And, and later on, I, I knew it was still wrong. But you can only talk to somebody who will learn from you. Amen? And, and so the next step is for me to pray. Right? It, it's not to give up on them, though. Never give up on them. You're unwilling to lose them. We should be unwilling to lose one brother, one sister, unwilling. We should be unwilling to lose one person that Jesus died for. That, 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 there's our goal right there. I'm unwilling that one person should go to hell. Why? Because that's what God is, unwilling that one person should go to hell. Amen? That's our goal. That's what you're training for. Amen? That's what we're training for. Glory to God. Let's see where we're going next. I don't even know. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we're going to oh, go to Hebrews. We, st- we started talking about this. We did. Well, but training takes discipline. That's what, that's what we were talking about. Paul said he disciplines himself. He says, I'm not, he says, I beat my body. I don't run like somebody aimlessly. And I make sure that I'm always training to win. I'm not just training to win you. I'm training not to lose me. Amen? It's too, it's too good thing. Why? Because he don't want to lose him in all this. Right? I'm not saying he's training selfishly. He's making sure that he stays stood fast. Right? So that he's never disqualified while he ministers to you. Amen? It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Hebrews, what did I say, 12? Hebrews 12, verse 11. Keep me in the NIV. <clears throat> me and King James, we're... We're not on the outs. But when I was reading some of these verses, I couldn't talk his way. <laughs> They're good in the King James, don't get me wrong. But the these and thous and dust and dost. And, yeah. <laughs> and besides that, he doesn't use the word trained very often. He uses exercise. <laughs> you know, I couldn't deal with the word exercise right now. <laughs> <laughs> he says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. You know what? I told somebody one time, if I ever see somebody jogging and smiling, then I'll start jogging, which I quit looking at now because I know there are people that jog, smile while they jog, which totally amazes me, and it's got to be God helping them. I, I just know it. <laughs> but disciplining yourself to do something greater than you are is always painful. Did you know when you grow, when your muscles grow, they have to get sore or they're not growing? Amen? People say, I want to work out, but I don't want to get sore. I'm like, well, you're not going to work out. 
that, that, that thing that says no pain, no gain, it ain't a scripture, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. No pain, no gain. And, and when you're disciplining yourself, and we're not talking, you know, a lot of people look at this and they're, talk, they're, they're talking about spankings and they're thinking about hurt. He's talking about just putting your flesh under. Just, just submitting yourself to God is discipline for you and me. Right? Why? You know, just trusting someone besides you is discipline. You've been trained to trust you. And why I would trust me, I have no idea. I've failed me miserably. Have, has anybody else failed their self miserably all their life? God never failed me. Why would I trust me? I'm completely unreliable. I am. You know what? I'll do something until it hurts. And I'll say, ooh, that hurts. not doing that no more. Right? Ooh, that's a little bit hard. Isn't there an easier way to do that? I'm the king of easy. Man, I'll look for an easier way to do anything. Can we pay for it and make it easier? I'll go raise money, get an extra credit card. Huh? Easy's the best. Easy's not disciplined most of the time. Easy isn't even asking God what He would do. You know, God would ask me to do things and then I'd go look for the easiest way to get it done. He didn't tell me to do it that way. He just told me to get it done. Right? Yeah, but God, I'm going to have to walk up that hill just to get to there. <laughs> he didn't even look at the hill before He told me to do it. Your flesh is going to have to be put under and it's going to take discipline. My flesh has to be put under on a constant basis. In fact, it needs to be put under way more than I'm putting it under. And I'm going to put it under. Amen? Amen. I'm going to beat my body. I'm going to come in here with black eyes one day and they'll say, Who beat you up? Me. I got completely out of hand, had to take myself under control and fix it. <laughs> this fleshy thing it's not good see people are looking for all these reasons you know, oh I, I'm disciplined because I didn't read the word God's going to discipline me no he wants you to read the word to be disciplined amen and he says no discipline seems good at the time right but painful Put submitting to God. You know, people say, Brother Moore is exactly right. When people say, I don't have a problem with submission, they've never submitted. Right? Because there's going to come a time in your walk with God where you can look at nothing else if you're going to make it. If you look any other way, you're going down. Amen. Why? Because He's taking you places only He can get you to. If you try to get there on your own, you won't make it. You're going to have to be disciplined to hear His voice, to see His will, to walk His path. It's going to take discipline to trust Him when it looks like there's a fire ahead. And He's saying, keep going. You're like, oh Lord, there's fire right there. Couldn't, there's another path right here. We go right on around the fire. Right? It's like when he says, take the busy road, and you're saying, well, there's a loop that goes all the way around the city. And he said, I told you to take the busy road. And you take the loop and miss out on something that he just wanted to give you. The easy way is not always the way. Amen? Amen? Sometimes the goodest things come on the painful path. 
And I'm not talking about sickness or disease. God don't even work in sickness or disease. He doesn't have it to give, therefore He can't punish with it. Like if God goes to the shelf and says, i got to get some sickness, i got one of my kids that i got to train, I need to put them down. i got to put them down so they can look up. God don't need to put you down to look up. If He really wants you to look up, He'll grab your chin and go like that. What He wants is a heart that's willing. What He wants is a heart that will be trained, not a heart that's trying to pull away from Him. So you got to beat your flesh because your flesh will try and overrule your heart because it likes easy. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Hmm. However, later on, however, it produces a harvest of what? Godliness, righteousness, and peace. What's it, what is it producing a harvest of? Godliness. Why? For people that have been trained by it, not for those who haven't been trained by it. Right? He's saying discipline if you'll allow it to train you. In other words, if you'll train yourself every day to get in my word with purpose, to hear my voice for direction. Not just to hear my voice. You know, a lot of people, they sit around, I'm going to sit here until I hear God's voice. And I don't know if they're just waiting for hello, how are you? But because most of the time when they actually hear His voice, they say, oh, that can't be God. Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not giving my last hundred dollars away. Discipline would. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> I was someplace the other day, and I always tip everywhere I go, whether it's a drive-through, and and I and I and I and I didn't have enough money. I didn't have any cash. I, I was out of cash that day, which is really weird because I make sure I'm not, for that reason. And I thought, well, that's just okay. I just don't tip him. God said, is it? Yeah. It wasn't okay. God, God took me through that drive-through. Right? I figure everywhere I am, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right? And somebody's there looking for me. I found a way to tip them. Glory to God. Took some change and some other odd things. but I found a way to tip them. And I'll go back. It's a good drive-through. Huh? You don't like it? Can I talk and tie? Yeah, it's a good it's a good drive-through. They have good cheeseburgers there. So I'll 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 go there again when I'm not in training, of course. <laughs> it produces a harvest. The, the things that we're trained by will produce a harvest in them, a harvest of righteousness and peace. Righteousness not just for you, for others that are around you. Righteousness is not just do, it is not just being righteous, it's doing right things. Amen? Uh, we talked about it last Friday night when I was speaking, when Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He's saying, Look for the way I would do it and how I would do it. Amen? And what He's saying here is, if you'll allow yourself to be trained by His discipline, by godly discipline, then it'll produce righteousness and peace in your life and in the lives of others that you're around. How do I know? Keep going on the verse. Amen? It says later on it produces a a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, therefore, so why is he saying? Do this for this reason. Here's, Here's why we discipline ourselves. 
You know, a lot of people just want to see that verse, but they don't want to know why. This is why. It says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. What's he saying? Train yourself. Train your arms. Get ready. Get ready to do something more than you're doing. Strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Next verse. Make level your paths. What's he saying? Train yourself to be ready all the time. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame, not you being lame, the lame. What's he saying? Discipline yourself for somebody else. Amen? This is what this verse is talking about. He's saying, allow God to discipline you. Allow Him to chasten you. Allow Him to do whatever He needs to do in your life to get rid of the flesh so that those around you, the lame, may not be disabled, but rather let them be healed. Glory to God. What's He saying? I'm sending you out. Let me send you out trained. Let me send you out full of the Holy Ghost, full of the love of God, lost in His love, full of His goodness. Let me send you out fully trained. Amen? Where's that verse that talks about being fully equipped? First Timothy, maybe? Yeah, right there. Second Timothy 3, 16. We even talked about this verse already. says, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful. Did I say 2 Timothy? Then I be again. 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training everyone else. (laughs) So you got Christians that that's what they believe. They load up on the Scriptures so that they can teach you how you're supposed to live. Load up on the scriptures so you'll have the right answer for them. Right? Not, not, you know, sometimes people can't hear a scripture, but they could take a hug. Right? Sometimes people can't hear a scripture, but they might be able to hear your voice spoken in love. But the minute you bring it to a scripture, they can't hear it anymore. And that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about it's useful for teaching you, rebuking you, correcting you, training you in righteousness. Why? To do good works. Right? He's training you. When we read the Bible, we shouldn't read it for someone else. Right? You see somebody messing up, well, I'm going to go find a scripture for them. Find a scripture for you to minister to them. Amen? That's what God's looking for. He said, and, and why do you do this? Why is it good? So that, so that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why does the word correct, rebuke, what are all, all those words? Huh? Why does it do it? So that we can be thoroughly equipped for good works. Everything God's doing in us and through us, when He's training you, He's only training you for one reason. So that you can go out and do good and heal all those that are oppressed of the devil. We are Jesus. We're the next born of many brethren. And our mandate is the same as His. Amen? And we're not training for something that's just out there in the middle of nowhere. We're training because there's people that are losing. There's people that need help. There's people that need saved. There's people who are saved that need healed. There's people out there, and every bit of our training is equipping us for those good works. And when you submit yourself to God and you allow yourself to be disciplined, or or He says, hey, you know what, Dave, you need quit saying this 
And you say, well, gosh, God, I always said that, and you never said anything about it before. It helped that person one time. You, when you walk up, and you, it says, don't faint at the chastening of God. Submit yourself that He knows more than you do, and when He tells you to change something, change it. Why? Because He's equipping you for good works. Be willing to hear Him say to you, stop this, do that, go there. Amen? you got people all the time that say, oh, I'll do, do whatever God says to do, but I, they don't even listen to Him. How are they going to do what He says to do? Right? right? I mean, that's why Jesus said no man puts his hand to a plow and, and looks back and is, worthy, is fit for the kingdom of God. Why? Because if you read the verse, that was their first priority. It said, first, let me go back here. First, let me go bury my... First, let me do this. You're, you're trained in first over here. You can't have him first over here. He's saying, put me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Glory to God. Go to Colossians 3 and we'll try to close there. In Colossians 3 and verse 12, and you know what? He wrote this in every one of his letters. Somewhere in his letters, this same passage is in there. In in the churches to the Ephesians, the Galatians, this, this same type of thing. Why? Because he's true. this is training. You know, he wouldn't tell us to be something if we were already that way. Right? right? He wouldn't tell you to clothe yourself with something if you already had that on. Right? What we have to know is when he tells us these things, we have to have the realization that most of the time we're not this way. We're training to be this way all the time, and this is, his, this is godly training right here. And, and he, so he's saying, let me give you some godly training. You, you want to you be, be and do the right thing? Here's what you do. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You know, that's the first thing he's going to tell you. He, he's going he's to encourage you. What kind of trainer would he be if he didn't first tell you you could do it? Right? He's not just telling you who you are. He's telling you you can do it. He's saying, you're my people. You're holy and dearly loved. You're mine. You can do this. I remember when I was uh, in the, right before I went in to play college football, I wanted to get to a certain weight on my bench press. And man, I had struggled with this and struggled with it, and I was working out. And I went to this little bitty gym and started working out. And all these guys, they were, they were crazy workout people. I mean, they, they worked out. You know, I was just trying to get the bench up. They were working out. I mean, all the, like, when I go into a gym, like, two pieces of equipment get used. When they go in, all of them, right? All the rest of them be rusty if they're waiting on me to come, right? But I'm up there, and, and I'm trying to get this certain weight. And, and, and the day I tried to get it, all these guys come around while I'm on the bench. And they're like, come on, man, you can do this. You're going to make it. Today's the day for you, brother. You're going to get this way. And you know what? That was the easiest thing I ever did. Why? Because they were training. They were my, they were my trainers right there. They were encouraging me. That's, that God's that way. He's your biggest fan. He's not only training you, He's cheering you on. And He's saying, you can do this. You're my people, holy. You're a holy people, dearly loved. Now, go out like this. Clothe yourself with compassion. 
You know that compassion is no good when you only have it towards yourself? If you'll notice, all these things he wants you to have, they're for someone else. Right? They're for someone else. He says, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. What's he saying? He's saying, train yourself in these things. Put them on every day. Don't walk out the door without them. You're going to need them. Guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to need all these things. You're going to come to somebody that needs you to have these. Expect it. Don't expect it to be easy. Expect to come across people who need you. Do you think that the the, uh, good Samaritan walked out his door that day just thinking of him? I don't think so. He had all the stuff that guy was going to need to get fixed. He clothed himself that morning with compassion and kindness. Why? He helped somebody who he surely wouldn't help. Amen? And, and humility and gentleness. He had to be humble because he put this guy on his donkey. This person that he doesn't even like. According to godless myths and wives' tales. God says you're going to need all these things. Verse 13. Bear with each other. What's he telling you? Somebody's going to come up and grade you the wrong way today. (laughs) Be ready for it. He's warning us and equipping us ahead of time to not get angry. And when we throw a fit, when we do something contrary, our example leads. Amen? When somebody gets under your skin and you don't bear with them, you, you walk off mad, you walk off offended then you just led by example. It's okay for them to be that way. Well, Dave does it. Dave gets mad, throws a fit. I guess anybody can. Why? We're examples to everyone we're around. You're training someone. Guess what? You're training someone. Every day. They're watching you. Whether you know it or not, they're watching you. Why? You're a Christian. You're supposed to be something that... If you ever watch the news, they go back to Christian moral values, Christian this, Christian that. They don't know what a Christian is, but they want to judge everything by our standards. Why? We are the example for the world. We are the example for the world. And God says, I want to train you to be a good example. Amen? And He says, bear with each other. Well, if you can't bear with your own family, you sure ain't going to bear with them. Right? He says, bear with each other and forgive. He's, he's, every, every quality he's listed so far is a quality of love. Amen? And then he says, whatever grievances you have against one another, forgive the same way I forgave you. In other words, he said, you should be trained this way because I did it for you. I gave you some good training. I gave hands-on training. I did it first for you. Now you do it the way I did it. See, that's how you, that's the best way you teach somebody. You know, when you, correction, everybody doesn't like correction, but correction is fix, making what you did wrong right. Right? Anybody ever had their paper corrected? Is the good teacher the one that just marks red all over it and says you're stupid? Or shows you what you did wrong? God corrects you and says you did this wrong, let me show you how to do it right. Right? And, and then he, and he says, so I'm going to give you some hands-on teaching right here. I forgave you. Forgive the same way I did it. Amen? Verse 14. And over all these virtues, put on love. What's he saying? Wrap love in love. I want you to wrap all the qualities of love up with love. 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. Glory to God. He's training us. What's He doing? He's training you to be in unity, first of all. He's training you to, to bind all the qualities of love in love so that at all times you have love. You know, a lot of people say, I just couldn't do it. You know, they made me so mad I couldn't do it. That's not true. You had love. You made a choice not to do it, but you could have done it. Amen? Amen. Verse 15. And see, this isn't natural at all. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And see, he's saying, discipline yourself. This is going to be hard. I want you to have peace even when you shouldn't. I want that peace to rule every decision you make. Glory to God. That's good training right there. If we just walked out today and did that one thing, every time a situation came up, we let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And it be the umpire of how... Not, when an umpire decides how, the, how it goes, whether it's out or safe or, or field goal or touchdown, it, it, he decides. Amen? Amen? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, let the peace of Christ rule, be the umpire. Let it decide how you feel, what you feel, um, how you react, how you don't react, which one of these qualities you dish out. Let the peace of God decide whether it's compassion or humility right now. Let the peace of God decide whether it's kindness huh, or gentleness. Let the peace of God rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace. In other words, let the peace of God in every situation be the final authority. Hmm? And then he says, be thankful. You know what? <laughs> does, anything, does any of these things seem natural to your flesh? We're unthankful in our flesh. But he says, be thankful. In every situation, be thankful. Be thankful. Not for every situation, in every situation. Be thankful that you're coming out. Yeah. If you're in a bad situation, be thankful you're coming out. Why? Because you're trained to win. Right? You didn't train to lose. You trained to win. And in such training, you will win. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Verse 16. And let the words of Christ dwell in you richly as you train, teach, nurture, admonish yourself. Oh, it doesn't say yourself? Oh, one another. Uh, Yeah. I thought I had to build... He, didn't, he don't need you to build you up because He just built you up. He told you who you were. You're His chosen child, holy and dearly loved. He, he, he nurtured you and admonished you right there before He ever started this whole thing. And He said, you now train and admonish one another in all wisdom as you sing. And, and sing. My mom used to sing and she's a horrible singer, but she didn't care. She, <laughs> she, she didn't care. If you were in a bad mood, she'd sing louder. She'd sing love into you if she had to. She would. And you'd start complaining. She'd say, let there be no complaining in our streets. Mom, I don't want to hear this. Happy is that people. Mom, no. And by the time she's done, you you forgot what you were even upset about or complaining about. Why? Because she was trained to get you out of that funk. That's what we're trained to do. Admonish, nurture, build up, train one another in all wisdom and sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude. Be thankful that God gave you the ability to do this. 
Don't, when, whenever you're helping somebody, say, don't, you don't got to help somebody. Be thankful with gratitude. You're doing all these things. And you get to be a part Amen. of what God's doing in the earth right now. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. We're getting trained. We'll be trained to such a point. You know, when, when a soldier trains, he trains to have automatic reactions to things that are right to the situation. In other words, no matter what the situation is, it's an automatic reaction. They don't have to think about it. Just boom, that's what, happens. that's what we do next. And that's what we should be with God. It should be our automatic reaction to do what He would do because we're His. Amen? And just think, if you're, tra- if you're trained in love, then your automatic reaction to everything will be a quality of love. And, and you won't ever offend somebody that way unless they just wanted to be offended. Don't get me wrong, love does offend people if they don't want to be loved or they don't want to change because love changes everything it comes up against. Amen? You guys got a song? Sing. Oh, how He loves you There's a second verse of that song. You guys know it? It says, Jesus to Calvary did go, His love for mankind to show. What He did there brought life from despair. Oh, how He loves you and me. He submitted Himself and trained Himself. He was trained by God to come down and do everything He did for us so that He could work in us and through us. He came and He died on a cross, rose again, paid the full price for every sin that we would ever commit. If you're in here today and you don't know this Jesus, you should know Him. You shouldn't leave here. He, he came. That We're celebrating what would be His birth. I'm not saying He got born on this day, so I don't want no arguments about what day He got born. But we're celebrating His coming to earth in these next few weeks. There would never be a better time for you to come to know Him. Glory to God. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes.
Maybe you're somebody that has known Him and, and, and just didn't train in His Word. You didn't train yourself up to be God-like and you've walked away in your own ways, doing your own thing, and you'd like to come home today. be a good day to do that too. He's here. His presence is strong in this place today. And He's here to give you salvation, to give you healing, to give you peace, to clothe you in compassion. He's here. Glory to God. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know Him today, or you walked away from Him and want to come home today, today's the day. If you'd like me to pray for you, let me know by raising your hand. If you don't know Him, you want to know Him. I see that hand. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sing it. Sing. Did you get that verse I gave you? Jesus to Calvary did His love for sin. 